0: Undercurrent. Undercurrent. Bluetooth has been on. This is Undercurrent Undercurrents weekend.
1: <laughs> it's Undercurrents weekend, and as always, we're here with our good friend Bob Doran, who's a music writer, chef, photographer, and all-around cultural bon vivant. Someone we just really enjoy talking with on a regular basis. So, hey, Bob, welcome. Oh, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Where, wherever we are. We're in uh, pod podland.
0: Podland, that's <laughs> one of the topic I was gonna bring up. With the
1: sugar pod fairies. I don't yeah. know. No, uh yeah, you're in Arcata, California, which is a lovely place we just visited to have a meal with you and Russ. It was great seeing Russ, yeah. You know, Russ works with you know, yeah. Richard Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, he does. What does he do for him? Sound man or Oh man he
0: he went on tour with them. He works with musicians on doing sort of uh, ba- the back end of music world. You know, mm-hmm. the guy who takes care of the sound. That's what he—he's a sound man, mm-hmm. to put it simply. And uh, he's been he's been working lately with uh, Nels Klein, uh, mm-hmm. who's a guitar player for Wilco and has a couple of projects of his own and
1: with Jenny Scheinman? and uh... yeah. And then yeah.
0: he just he just did a project uh, with Bruce Coburn, went mm-hmm. down to San Francisco. Bruce was singing in his church and uh, had a whole p- program built around music that he did at the church. So he invited Russ to come down and do sound for that.
1: A couple well, let of me have some fascinating dinnertime conversation. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know,
1: listen, uh, have you seen any movies lately?
0: Well, I, I've been going to the movies, you know, it's just kind of silly, but my wife and I like to watch all the movies that are nominated for Oscars, which is, of course, you know, don't for whatever all. that's worth. So, and some of them she didn't want to see, so I just went by myself. The guy
1: just, flicks, like. What, well, Revenant?
0: I don't know if they're guy flicks or whatever. Like <laughs> Revenant, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, that. I don't know if you've seen that.
1: I just saw it, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's intense.
1: Really it was, intense.
0: And just seeing the previews was intense enough for my wife. So Exactly. Quickly, I didn't, I really liked it. What did it the
1: Guardian call it? Pain porn or something like that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've not heard that <laughs> term. But you know what I really liked about it? I'll just jump right in here. And I did not expect this, is the whole Native American aspect to it. I right. it was uh, very respectful of, you know, um, history in that regard. And, and I, it looks like a lot of attention went into getting it right. And, yeah. Uh, you well, know, well, also,
0: the story itself was about uh, the interaction of the, I guess— well, The trappers. The, the and trappers. The, in the and the local was, people. Yeah. And he was a, a guide.
1: And, yeah, we won't give anything away, but— yeah it was really intense you know what i what i really liked also another reason i wanted to see it um, you know how people root for their favorite football team <laughs> well i'm an ilm guy i just anything that the whole you know lucas empire touches i'm interested in seeing especially sound design by randy tom you know he won a, an academy award for the right stuff he was nominated for an academy award for forrest gump uh, there was a Really interesting show, a film called House of Cards, not the, not the Netflix series, that he did sound for that was amazing. Jumanji, was his thing. You know he can he can bring life to these CGI characters, like yeah. the bear. Yeah, that,
0: that bear yeah. is like my goodness, this is so realistic. I can't yeah. even imagine.
1: You know, but the sounds a big part of that. You know, yeah. he, he created all that. He he got breathing from like tuberculin horses or something like that, you know, and mix that all in with bear sounds and his own grunting. He's this great big guy, and so he, he made <laughs> grunting sounds and things himself, mixed it, it all together. It was
0: a self-portrait. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, uh, back to the Oscars, that, that uh, the Star Wars movie pretty much only got technical stuff that always yeah. happens doesn't it yeah. well theoretically just... theoretically they expanded the the best picture category to 10 pictures so mm-hmm. they could pick up the popular stuff this is by far the most popular movie in history yeah but they but don't care and it's a great movie i mm-hmm. i thought it was awesome
1: i i loved it too you know my only uh Aftertaste on the thing was, yeah, you know, I'd kind of had a like, "Hey, the gang's all here" kind of feeling to it a little bit, like a little bit nostalgic, you know. I, I agree with Lucas on that. Did you see the interview on? Uh, I did. yes Charlie Rose. Yeah, and he said, yeah, they kind of wanted to make it a what did he say? Not a greatest hits, but you know what I mean. Sort of a
0: well, in a way, it was revisiting the original story, mm-hmm. and but retelling it with a twenty first century point of view. You know the I, I found it interesting somebody's blog, a woman's blog about how women are treated mm-hmm. as the characters. And Ray, who is the heroine, is the lead person who sort of takes Luke's place in right. the Star Wars then and now, mm-hmm. she is not a chick, not no. at all. No, and as compared to the the only real woman who, you know, who in the original was Princess Leah, who she was somebody who ends up in a in a, a bikini as a slave <laughs> girl. It's like okay, that's a different <laughs> attitude toward women, and you know that doesn't exist in this new universe.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and the, you know, and there's also the, the question. I, thought
1: she, I just want to say, I just thought she was wonderful. You know, oh, yeah, I love the whole character. Yeah, she was amazing.
0: And there's the other character. This is another issue. It's sort of uh, heating up right now. Is the, the Oscars are so literally white, mm-hmm. and here in the new Star Wars, one of the lead characters is black. So yeah, well, why? What does difference does it make? Why was he black? No really, real reason. Because black people are the same as white people. And they both matter either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Spike Lee is boycotting the Oscars for whatever. matter. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah just know. but uh, you know, just a seat at the table is part of what you mm-hmm. want, I guess. I
1: don't of course. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. I, I think I'll go see it again. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, there's just you know, there's so much detail.
0: That's, yeah, I, I you know, I I went to an after party after a local rock and roll show in the, early in the morning. And uh, this kid I know, who's, you know, well under half my age, he was just raving about Star Wars, which wasn't even made when he was born, the mm-hmm. original. And uh, he had seen it that day for the third time. And it's okay. like... <laughs> Okay, it's still playing at the local theater. I can go yeah. see it again. And, you know, honestly, when I saw it in 3D IMAX, I was a little bit too close to the screen, and I couldn't really get back. And there was a lot of stuff that went by me because I couldn't mm-hmm. see it all. <laughs>
1: anyway. You're focused on like a rivet on a starship or something, and it was good. Yeah. I really liked it.
0: It, it was, yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, I... Ticking them off, I've, in in the course of a week, I saw the Martian and the Big Short, the Golden Globes. I don't know if you know anything about that world, but they split movies into comedies and dramas. I don't know why, but
1: yeah, I heard they put the Big Short as a comedy. Yeah,
0: they had the Big Short was a comedy, and the and the Martian won won both awards for the for being a comedy. And, you know, what? it does have, it has a, there's a sense of humor in there, but it's not a comedy.
1: Yeah, the crew's always uh, teasing each other. That's my next <laughs> thing on my list. I definitely want to see. I definitely want to see the big short. And of course, you know, one would hope that it helps elevate the conversation in an election year.
0: Right. You know, about you know, economic matters. Yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my friends are totally into uh, Bernie. And one friend of mine said, I want to see Big Bernie, uh, Big Bernie, <laughs> the big I, want, Bernie. <laughs> I want to see the big short. And when I came home, I thought, oh, I better start working on Bernie Sanders', Sanders campaign because <laughs> that's really what it's all about. It's a, it's a powerful film.
1: And we're not taking sides in the election here. Oh, well, you mentioned a couple of films here. Let's see uh... – the big Martian, sure the Martian, which the Martian. is interestingly
0: enough, it, 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 I, you know, I saw the same day as uh, Revenant.
1: Oh my goodness! And, uh, it's funny because just, they're both about guys being, you know, yeah. left behind. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. It's and a, what does left that say person. about you know the American psyche? Do we all feel left behind? Maybe that's what the Big Short has in, in common with with those two as well.
0: Definitely, we are totally left behind.
1: That abandonment yeah. uh, issue that people feel. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, The Martian, there's a lot to say about that, but it was. Uh, I just thought it was wonderfully crafted. It's interesting how they did it in some kind of a big soundstage. Where was that, in Hungary or something? I, yeah, I don't know too much about yeah.
0: making it.
1: Yeah, I saw something about the making of, and they, they were able to rent this ginormous soundstage cheap. And they built that whole internal and external world, you know, of the compound where he lived on Mars in the soundstage. Really interesting. You know, they get the fans going and the sand blowing and all this stuff. Yeah.
0: It's Yeah, it's a, the house of, of being there sense of, you know, it's not a place you want to be <laughs> no, uh, at all, but...
1: Um. So, Bridge of Spies. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that one a lot, too. I thought it was uh, a very touching story in a very harsh setting. Berlin Wall, East Germany, the whole thing. But they told a very human story. Another one I saw uh, of the Oscar nominees was Spotlight. Have you seen that yet?
0: No. That's that's, that's another, another, another case of I usually go to the movies with my wife and She's, oh, I don't want to see a movie about child molesters. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really— you know, it's, I know it's really a movie about—
1: It's about uh, investigative journalism. Journalism, yeah. journalism. and,
0: and I, I could relate to that,
1: totally. It's sort of like but All the President's Men kind of a thing. Um, it really celebrates the power of the press and the importance of investigative journalism, something that I think has only regained respect in the last five years or so with— um, pro publica. Yeah. Like the Center for Investigative Reporting.
0: It's one thing to know what's going on, it's another thing for everyone else to know it, and the way that happens is a reporter tells a story in a compelling way.
1: Yeah, it's you not a blurb on BuzzFeed. It's uh right.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, and now today it's, you know, it happens up front line. It happens on places like the new serial I don't know if you if you're familiar with the the podcasts. That podcast. Oh, the serial,
1: series. Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: which is now it's a, it's that story of a guy. It's straight from the headlines. It is a headline right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, what's his name? Birdall. That's right. What happened there? What really happened there? We, would we even have known anything? But thanks to this podcast. We do know something about it.
1: Same idea with the Netflix series, The Making of a Murderer. Is is that the name of it, Making of a? Yes, that is it. I haven't
0: haven't seen that yet. I haven't either. It's on and my list.
1: That's another one of those ripped from the headlines kinds yeah. of uh, who done it, why done it. Or, I'm not quite sure what it is exactly, but that seems to be the thing now.
0: Because because podcasts are. Our, New amazing power of uh, communication. You know, we're saying. Somebody said that. We're, it, we're talking about people... this on a podcast. That's so yeah, true. So for what he, it's worth. When I turned, last night I turned on, put on uh, Netflix and, I thought, oh, here's a series that I've been watching before. Mark Maron, he has a
1: TV show called Maron. Exactly. I've been watching that too. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, Freddie, the, he's, got, he's got a lot of cats. Yeah, this <laughs> he has little a lot of but it's, it's, it's kind it's, of pathetic, I, you know?
0: I thought it was funny that the, the, the new season starts up. He's on this—he's um, a guest, he's, his publicist, because, you know, he's a he's a podcaster. In reality, this is what he mm-hmm. does for a living. And a
1: stand-up comic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a stand-up comic. And he's a TV guy and a star. Mm-hmm. But, you know, his publicist has landed him a spot on this sh- show called— um, Talking Dead, which is, uh, you know, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh-huh. It's it's a TV show about where they just sit around and talk about the Walking Dead, okay. and you know, and he doesn't really watch this show. His girlfriend sort of showed him around the the Walking Dead world a little, but the guy doesn't like him because he's he he makes fun of the of the Walking Dead and Walking mm-hmm. Dead followers. So so he gets up there and he's he's introducing the panel, which is him and another guy, and the, the other guy's, oh, you know, he's a great comic and he's acting here and there, blah, blah, blah. and and he, this is Mark Merritt, he has a podcast. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah, let's uh figure out what does that mean? He
1: he was well, to is, be pitied.
0: Tim pitied for his lack of...
1: Uh, yeah, and he plays on that. You know, it's sort yeah. of like John Stewart used to say, yeah, well, that's what you get on uh, basic cable, you know. Right. Yet he created this phenomenon. I mean, I was surprised to see Bill Maher mention the other night on his birthday program, his 60th birthday, that uh, he has 4 million viewers.
0: That you Bill know? Maher does?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's cable. But, you know, some of these alternative channels are... Quite important, and reach a lot of people. Well, Brian, Bill, you know, well, right.
0: and well, yeah, is that if you watched the uh, the Democratic debates the other night, mm-hmm. and the, you know they had uh, it was a co production between NBC and YouTube, mm-hmm. and they had three, I think the three different people came on on vi- on their video. Of their YouTube, and said, these are this is a video star, you know, YouTube yeah. star. Well, the fact is that, that probably that YouTube star, who I don't know who they are, they probably have more followers and viewers than a regular TV show of any yeah. kind.
1: It's you amazing. Know I- you know, we, t- we thought the future would be jetpacks and stuff like that, but really everybody has like a television studio in there in their home, you can do HD and get it out there. <laughs> it's exactly it's weird, isn't it? So I, right. t- I I
0: I you know I've tried to follow I can't keep up totally, but Mark Maron's real podcast, which is WTF, and uh, last night was uh it's just by coincidence, his guest was uh this guy Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm who you remember, maybe you remember Kristen Glover from uh, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. He, and, and he was in the the River, what's that called? River's Edge. He played this sort of creepy character in the River's Edge. He was a Hollywood star of sorts, but a really very odd character. And who's making his own, he has a whole trilogy that he's working on called the It Trilogy. And he was here in Arcata not too long ago, and he stayed at our house at our our B&B.
1: Oh. Yes. (laughs) We haven't really mentioned that on on this podcast, but you do run a and b in Arcata. Yeah. If you want to meet Bob, it's a great way to do it. (laughs) He was in The Doors, too, wasn't he? No, no. Didn't he play Andy Warhol? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's right.
0: yeah. 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 he was not one of the doors no No, you mean the movie the doors yeah the movie yes he was in that movie yeah so So, uh, that's wild yeah anyway that there's that uh then uh, another uh film that was nominated for uh, an oscar is documentary is the the nina simone movie have you seen that
1: I have not. That's on Netflix now. That,
0: yeah, uh, it's been on Netflix for a little while, and yeah, amazing film. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many ways, it's just you know to learn things you never knew about her life and how she got in in and out of the music world. What
1: was it what happened, Miss Simone, or something like that? What's it called? Uh, I think that's
0: I think that's what it's called.
1: Yeah. Boy, I mis- just remember in the old days of, you know, KMPX, Underground Radio, which really inspired my love of, of radio and music, they used to play Pirate Jenny all the time.
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking the same that thing is, myself.
1: That is a dark song.
0: Right. It's Well, it, it's Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weill. And okay. uh, it comes from uh, the play Th- The Penny Up. Op- Three Penny Opera? Three Penny Opera, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mac the Knife. Is that's, that another one from Three that's Penny Opera? So,
1: yeah, that's, that's wow. one of the songs, yeah. Look these up on iTunes, kids. Mac the Knife. <laughs> it'll, as, throw, as, it'll throw the, uh, the trending hit, numbers the, way off. Yeah,
0: <laughs> The hit by uh, Bobby Darin. Yeah. Hit version. But, uh, oh, you know who does a really good version
1: of What's his name? But while you're doing, while you're looking at that, back to the podcasting thing, I don't know where I heard this. Uh, somebody was quoted as saying, at parties, people used to ask, what book are you reading? And now they say, what podcast are you listening to?
0: It's absolutely true. My problem is, like, I, I don't commute enough.
1: Right. You work at home, a, you have your home office. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, we're, we're talking on FaceTime right now while we record this podcast. And, you have, you know, I'm in a studio. It's all, you know, padded and soundproofed and everything. You're in this amazing office that's a very visual space with it's, you know, yeah, CDs it's a, and there's a hat or something back there and all kinds of there's posters junk, and things. There's
0: junk every, everywhere. No, it's
1: just a wonderful uh, visual feast for the eyes. And it doesn't sound like a studio. But, uh, you know, it's good enough for what we're doing. We could do a, a video podcast and you'd be all set.
0: Right. I was thinking maybe I should... Move my recording studio up into the attic and then I could just surround myself with carpets and same as you, you know. But, um, you know, I don't. Okay, so we were talking about Netflix earlier. We mm-hmm. didn't, I, I don't know if this is a topic we want to even touch on. Are you familiar with the phrase um, Netflix and chill?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like, it's sort of like a dating thing. Hey, you want to Netflix and chill?
0: uh not exactly
1: okay all right no. you know if you're what a
0: teenager mean? if you're a teenager that just basically means hooking up so up. you know up. It, it, it's it's all over the internet now as as you should know what your teenager is talking about <laughs> when they say, <laughs> when they say that they're going to watch netflix and chill that does not mean that they're going to watch Netflix with a bunch of Pepsis.
1: No, no. Yeah. There might be Netflix involved in probably a couch. It could
0: be, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: You know, uh, you could write a book about it, just all the euphemisms and uh, coded phrases people have used over the years. Even hooking up is, uh, I think I used that. I was teaching a class one time and I said, okay, you know, we're going to divide into groups and hook up around these different topics and everyone's laughed, you know, because that hook hookup was the big term. Okay, okay. Um, podcasting. We're talking about podcasting. Yeah. In, in a way, it's kind of a fad, but I think it's a good fad, you know, and some of it will remain as a part of the fabric of the communications world probably forever. It may not have the prominence it has now. Maybe it'll have more prominence for a while. I mean, it, it sort of flowered initially and then went away for a long time into the background and now it's huge probably because advertisers have discovered it and they love it because they can measure how many people are at least downloading the file they don't know if uh if they're listening or not but it's better than for them it's better than broadcast because they know here's somebody that's specifically interested in following this person let's just say mark maron and which,
0: which is a good example because Mark yeah. Barron very, uh, you know, strongly, he he gets out of the show and moves into advertising where he's talking about as if, he, you know, as if he's talking about something that he bought today. Yeah, well, or, he, he promotes, you, you know, know,
1: Squarespace and, yeah. uh you know, some nature snacks or something for the office or whatever. And yeah. these are... These are group buys of, um, I think it's pre-roll media, I think does a lot of this kind of stuff for their whole um, stable of podcasters. Right. So you can get in with uh, a company like that, and once you start getting some numbers, you know they start placing the ads, and they put those codes on there where they say, use the promo code WTF, you know? Right. And then the sponsors can see some actual action developed from that. I mean, it's really like it's an old AM radio technique. Even even Wolfman Jack did this kind of a thing where he would talk about, I think there was a paraphernalia shop that he was always promoting. And I sent away for the free poster, and it had all this, like, pills and, you know, pipes and things around the edge of the poster. And uh, I don't know what my parents thought of that, but um, he was, you know, the, the host, even in the old, old days, like, four out of five doctors recommend Paul Malls, and they are mild, you know, that right. kind of thing. Public radio can't do that. I think we've talked about enough for, the, we, <laughs> for this time. That, Yeah. We didn't talk yeah. about any bands or anything. No, but, uh, I was,
0: I was so going to mention this band that's coming our way, but they're mm-hmm. not here yet, and I haven't seen them. Maybe I should s- s- wait for until another day. They're called, it? they're called Chicano Batman. Love the name. Yeah, they are a new category I'd never heard of. They call
1: alt Latino. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there's actually a show on NPR. Maybe it's a podcast called Alt Latino. Oh, okay. And yeah, uh, yeah that's but, a whole yeah, thing.
0: It's kind of a garage rock, cumbia. Yeah, you know, organ, guitar, yeah, drums,
1: rhythm guitar. That's pretty much it. But uh, probably like kind of a rock and Espanol uh, roots with with, a, with an alt attitude.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: La- garage—that's the other term mm-hmm. of the, of the mm-hmm. day. It's, uh, well, uh, I always say it. you're so lucky to have so many bands coming through. You're in a college town and um lots of great venues. And I've told this story before. Tame and Paula—they had some little posters up. Tame and Paula was playing, I think, at the Rathskeller, just some tiny little room and. Tame and Paula, because I'd heard of them and I knew they were. This was a couple of years ago, and sure enough, the next day they bumped him up to like an auditorium or something. You know? Oh
0: yeah, upstairs. Yeah. The uh, Chicano Batman didn't yeah. get bumped upstairs. They're playing in the depot, <laughs> but okay. they got another night, so that's just, yeah. just as good, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, just to bring full circle, the you know they're a garage band. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's also what Mike Marin is. That's what he's known for. He's, he's a garage
1: podcaster. Yes, literally <laughs> in his garage. How, uh, how do people get in touch with you, Bob? What's the that's, easiest way?
0: Instagram, Bob okay. Doran.
1: Yeah, and if they want to rent your, uh, your bed and breakfast in Arcata and come see some of these bands.
0: Airbnb, Black mm-hmm. Cat Hideaway.
1: Black Cat Hideaway in Arcata. Yeah. Airbnb, okay. See, we can do this, too, because we're on a podcast. We can, we can talk product. <laughs> product placement. I'm Greg McVicker, and he's Bob Doran. Uh, we're at UndercurrentsWeekend.net. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Wherever you are, please come see us at UndercurrentsRadio.net for more conversations with Bob, our blog, streaming, email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, All the different ways to be in touch and to listen to Undercurrents and Undercurrents Weekend. Undercurrentsradio.net. Big thanks to our correspondent Bob Doran. And thanks to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting for their support. I'm Greg McVicker, encouraging you to go out and have a great weekend.